0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Blur Eye Project. Um, I didn't want to even say anything because if you guys didn't notice, then you wouldn't notice. However, I didn't have access to my studio this week and I was like, okay, I have two options here. I can quickly build a set and try to make it look as identical as possible to the podcast that I filmed the show in. Or I can just not put out an episode this week. Not happening. So I rushed. I put it together. Let me know what you guys think. I feel like it looks the same, if not better. Uh. So yeah, I shouldn't have even said anything. I should have just waited to see if the comments said anything. Anyways, listen, we have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot of people to talk about today. Um, 2023 and things are a fucking mess. I'm trying not to swear. Things are a mess a hot rotisserie mess to be specific so we're gonna start off with y'all know how my inbox gets flooded with like every ratchet ass trans story with people being like talk about this talk about this so we're gonna talk about this first trans woman on death row in u.s begs missouri governor for mercy um and obviously it's a very disturbing photo of um a very rough-looking hoe with pigtails. Strange. Are you transgender or trans age? Because, like, if you were a grown woman, why are you wearing pigtails? Uh, so the first openly transgender woman slated for execution in the U.S. is appealing to Missouri's governor for mercy, citing mental health struggles. Lawyers for Amber, Amber McLaughlin, 49, on Monday asked Republican Governor Mike Parson, you The trans woman on death row is asking the Republican governor for mercy. Not going to happen. And rightfully so, by the way, because when you learn what this person did, convicted of killing her 45-year-old ex-girlfriend on November 20, 2003. So it's crazy how long it takes someone to get to the point of execution, right? Like 2003, he did this. And I say he because he stalked the ex-girlfriend, killed her, I believe raped her. And then dumped her body in a parking lot. I'm sorry. That is some sick, twisted, disgusting, stalking-ass male behavior. And if you're going to do that as a trans woman, you relinquish your wife or anyone to call you she. But of course, when someone is convicted of a murder, a trans person, what do the Wokies on Twitter have to say about it? Not, you know, condolences to the victim. Not, oh my God, this is terrible. Not, oh my God, justice. It's Can we just please not misgender her? Who? Oh my God. So, also, um, previously, Miss Amber McLaughlin was convicted of raping a teenager. So this is, like, the scum of the earth. This person should be, like, just taken out. Like, I have mixed feelings about the death penalty. I actually do. Um, I don't like the idea of the state being able to take someone out. Um, But with that being said, I am able to look at individual cases and be like, but this person should be taken out. And whoever or whatever does it, like, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to shed a tear, you know. If we want to reform the death penalty and have that conversation We can have that, but I'm also not going to cry over Amber McLaughlin being put out. Um, In a plea, Amber said, I don't agree with it. Speaking of the death sentence, people should know I'm mentally ill. And what's funny is this person started their transition three years ago. So did the murder as a man, still is a man, did the murder in 2003 as a grown ass man. And then three years ago, as that date was approaching, wanted to talk about I'm mentally ill. Look, I think I'm a woman. (laughs) that's gonna be clipped out of context or is it in context um but what's crazy is like it's there is a precedent that has been set for you know getting more lenient sentences getting placed in a preferable prison by switching it up and saying you're trans in prison so i mean if you're facing the death penalty if you're facing like oh they're about to like turn my lights out like you'll probably do anything so um it's a disgusting shame that this person was even able to transition in prison um you know this is the first transgender inmate to be executed I don't know what else to say about that other than peace out to this bitch for doing nothing but harming other people during his life um, but of course you have Cheryl Crow stupid ass Cheryl Crow Coming through talking about please Missouri governor Mike Parson consider life in prison rather than death for Amber McLaughlin a jury could not agree to kill her so why are you doing this please pray that God touches Governor Parson's heart with compassion compassion is what you give to like really anyone but this <laughs> I mean like you get it compassion is something you give to someone like this again I'm all for having a nuanced conversation about the death penalty There's not much nuance to be had that this person doesn't deserve to live, like raped people, killed people, like just, just, it's a wrap for you. It also might be a wrap, potentially, possibly, for Andrew Tate. So this is all social media can talk about, you know, most of us on January 1st took a sigh of relief, like 2022 didn't take me out, but it did take out Andrew Tate at the last second he was arrested on a human trafficking investigation, and my frustration with the story, there's multiple frustrations with the story. We need to get into it. So the first thing is it's incredibly difficult to find facts about this investigation and about the story and about, it's hard to do the research to be like, do I think Andrew Tate is guilty? Do I think he's not? mostly because if you look up i've literally so many keywords into google and on twitter to find this information out for myself i wanted to know i was like so is he running a human trafficking scheme is he doing that like i personally think that human traffickers deserve speaking of the death penalty big topic of the podcast deserve the death penalty including andrew tate if andrew tate is guilty of of human trafficking that is the worst of the worst of the worst and deserves to have the book thrown at him however The fact that Andrew Tate is such a um, cultural figure, has been such a figurehead of like woke versus anti-woke politics and of the manosphere and all this stuff. There's so many weird biases that go into it when people are talking about this. I mean, even this article I'm pulling up here, you can see on the screen, it's like Vox says, the arrest of misogynist influencer Andrew Tate explained. It's like, yeah if he human trafficked women like he is a misogynist by definition really but at the same time it's like before someone's proven guilty it's like why are we muddying the waters and being like buzzword in the title it's like I just can't I've entered so many different search terms to try to figure out like what are the facts of this case like I want to know how I feel about it I want to know if this is true and all you get is like past misogynistic tweets past sexist things he said opinions that you know the corporate press thinks are bad it's like that's not really evidence of human trafficking not saying it doesn't exist because very well could um and the way in which a lot of people are reacting to it is strange so a lot of people on the right are blindly defending him because he's one of their guys which is just so disgusting it's like "Mm, maybe hang it up but that's what happens right the right latches on to celebrities, big names, people of big influences, big influence that agree with them, you know, share their talking points, push their narrative. As the left does she, but the difference is the left has every celebrity and the right is like scraping for a few. And it's just so crazy how it always ends up being like a Kanye West <laughs> or like an Andrew Tate or like everyone's like rocking with Roseanne Barr and then she's like st- – calling black women monkeys it's like oh my god can we catch a break but that's why we don't have to play their game we don't have to worship celebrity like they do because it always is going to fail like nine times out of ten someone being a celebrity means they're a shady person like to become a celebrity is to be a shady person in most instances it's a gross industry um and that's why i stay in my house and now that i have my home studio i don't have to see anyone or work with anyone no more guests on the podcast just me running my mouth now in my house um so, again, if Andrew Tate is guilty, death penalty. That's how I feel. Genuinely. Um, but it's funny because one of the few things that you can find is that the U.S. Embassy actually placed pressures. He was arrested in Romania. And the U.S. Embassy actually placed pressures on Romania to um, go through with that arrest. And I'm thinking that's interesting because not as if that's not he's not an important person to go after. This is indeed what he's doing. However, there seems to be like a really long list of other human and sex traffickers that we should be going after that we already have a list of that we have not arrested yet. We're talking like the entirety of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's client list. And a lot of people were bringing that up. And then a lot of people were mad about people bringing that up. I got dragged on my tweet about it. Here's what I tweeted. Whether Andrew Tate is guilty or not, they skipped the entire Jeffrey Epstein client list because he's their enemy and the people on that list aren't. For which a lot of people were like he was arrested in romania it's not even an american thing okay i understand there's a lot of like issues with researching this case but one of the things you should find out is that the u.s embassy was heavily involved in the arrest so that tweet went matavaro what the hell it has three million views i don't really like that side note that elon put like the views on the tweet just because i feel like it makes it look ugly like it's just too cluttered but anyways um and, and you know i stand by what i said it's like People were acting like, why are you defending Andrew Tate? Side note, I got, I don't think this article has come out yet, but I got um, an NBC reporter reaching out an email and being like, we're writing an article and we're using your tweet in defense of Andrew Tate. And I was like, Phew. hold up, miss Girl. First of all, when you get an email from a reporter, it is never, ever good. It is always them being like, um, hi, you have six hours usually six minutes, but six hours to give us a comment on this article or writing about how you're a piece of shit. Like that's what reporters reach out for. So it's always gross. Um, so I don't think they used my tweet because what I actually responded with was if Andrew Tate is guilty, he deserves a death penalty. And obviously if they're running a narrative, an article about people defending Andrew Tate, they're not going to include someone's comment or tweet if they're not actually defending him. Um, but it's just funny how like they work. It's like, I, I don't see a defensive entertaining in this tweet at all. So, okay, let me... Mm, no, don't see it. I said whether he's guilty or not. And the fact remains that, yes, we've been sitting on a list of Ghislaine Maxwell's clients for, what, about a year now? Where are all those arrests? And that's, that's the reality, is that the people on that list, when I said that they're not the enemy of the regime, of the U.S. Embassy, of the government, is because guess who was on that plane? Allegedly, people like Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, people that they're not just going to go arrest, but they can definitely skip that line and go arrest Andrew Tate. That's easy. Um, So again, it's not about defending him. It's just about like, I wish they would be as quick to go after people that they saw as their allies and that they had utility in rather than Andrew Tate, who it's very easy to, you know, it, and and there was a lot of conspiracy theories about how his pizza box revealed his location wrong. That disgusting trans activist, I believe her name is Alejandro Carabello or something like that. Um, the one who was caught in lie after lie after lie, spreading hoax after hoax after hoax, including hoaxes having to do with like shootings. um, admitted that that was, A hoax that she made up um that's one of the most disgusting trans activists on twitter by the way like i just i can't with that person um so you know time will tell what happens with andrew tate um i'm not an andrew tate fan i haven't watched much of the content i've seen some tweets that i'm like period like i agree with um and then some i don't i'm just like "Mm, what a weirdo but that's the case with a lot of these people in like the manosphere right It's like I did a video on Jack Murphy. It's like that whole world is just so gross. Like selling manhood to men is just bizarre. But then I have conflicted feelings about it because I also understand that like manhood is like very much under attack. Hi, I lost that battle. Uh, It's funny sometimes I catch myself like forgetting I'm trans and like, it's like, oh my God. (laughs) Listen, there is a need for men for content by men that's specifically talking about like masculinity and manhood um i just wish these people didn't always end up being like pieces of shit like jack murphy or andrew tate it's like there's just not uh but you know it's innocent until proven guilty so we'll see what happens i just remembered okay my opinion is officially that he's probably guilty because a year ago i had someone who came to me and said that this was gonna happen and i'm like how would you know that it's like something must have been a ruin okay he probably did yeah wow okay we'll see (laughs) jeffrey star news haven't talked about jeffrey in a while um i kind of have not wanted to for my safety because lord knows he can hire somebody to come yoink my ass although not now because i do have 11 or 12 guns now 11 or 12 11 yeah 11 uh but back when I was living in a one-bedroom apartment, two-bedroom apartment in LA with no guns, it's like I was a little shook. Jeffree Star claims he escaped the Illuminati in Bazaar. Tweet. It was a set of tweets, and it was very like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? Um, okay. Jeffree said, what a crazy effing year. I escaped the Illuminati in 2021, and they still haven't killed me. Every day I wake up grateful. Minutes later, he said, in 2020, I was going to expose everything. In a matter of days, the Hollywood elite tried to ruin my entire career, villainize me, and flooded the news with lies to discredit me. If you guys only know the tr- knew the truth about what they are doing to Britney and Kanye. Okay, here's the thing. I believe that the Illuminati is real. Do I believe they were necessarily all up in Jeffrey's ish No. Could I be wrong? I could be wrong. But we have to kind of rewind to 2020 and remember. I mean, he's talking about how in 2020 he was like majorly canceled, right? And it's so crazy how much stuff changes over time because it's like I was actually involved in that entire Jeffree Star drama. Like, I mean, it because I was in contact with Jeffree Go watch the video. I'm not going to recap it. But basically, My video talking about Jeffrey was a really big catalyst in sort of Jeffrey's downfall unintentionally. Um, It was one of my most viewed videos ever. I think it got like two million views in like two days. I was trending on Twitter. And so I'm like, okay, if you're upset that the Illuminati was like coming for you in 2020, it's like, I'm not in the Illuminati. So right there, I know that. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Um, For me, it's like sure you were. In 2020, you were about to expose the Illuminati, I'm sure. How about you do it now then? Put your money where your mouth is. Talk about it now. You live in Wyoming on a ranch with guns and far sightedness. Like, do it now. Why are you waiting? If you're going to do it in 2020, do it now. I'm sure the world would be very grateful. And as far as what they're doing to Brittany and Kanye, don't put other people's lives into your narrative. Like, you just- Talk about you. Talk about the Illuminati. Do it. It's so funny because, like, there's this weird, like... Jeffrey has me blocked on Twitter, obviously, since that video. Why would he fuck with me? Obviously. Um, But it's funny because it's, like... And people have mentioned this. There's this weird, like, parallel with me and Jeffrey. It's, like, I get a pink gun and then Jeffrey gets a pink gun. I'm not saying he copied me, but I'm saying, like, it's... We have, like, weird similarities. I have a pink car. This is crazy. Um... I hope he come. It, to me, it feels like cope. To me, it feels like I lost everything in 2020. My huge cosmetics company went under in 2020, ended up on the sale rack. I got of Morphe. I lost everything, so let me be like, oh, actually, it was because I was about to expose the Illuminati. No, you were not. You literally weren't. It's like if you were there, you remember all the sequence of events for what happened during Jeffrey's whole like cancellation or whatever, and it's like there was no part of that that was the Illuminati that I could see. I mean, we'll see. You know, it's like, I don't even hate Jeffrey. People are like, how do you feel about Jeffrey now? It's like, I don't hate Jeffrey. I didn't even hate Jeffrey necessarily in the video. I was just like, wow, this was disgusting behavior and I wanted to talk about it. And also my personal interaction with Jeffrey. But I don't know. I hope he's okay. I mean, here's the thing. When someone goes down that hard, it's like, what else do you want from them? It's like, are you supposed to like roll over and die? Like, I don't know. But also blaming the Illuminati for like your shit. It's like, I think that, if the Illuminati was really trying to like induct Jeffrey in their stuff, like why Jeffrey? I get that he's, or especially he was like a huge public figure and getting like tons of views and very famous or whatever, but he wasn't exactly JLo. He wasn't exactly Lady Gaga. You know, he was a YouTuber. Is, is the Illuminati inducting YouTubers now? It's like, if they're passing out checks, as long as the deal ain't nothing to do with my soul, let me know, because I need a check. Uh, but if I have to sell my soul. I'm just not here for it. I'm just not here for it. Okay, so this next story is touchy, 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 touchy. Although it really shouldn't be because it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you have to have hard conversations, and just is what it is. COVID. Misin- the title of the article is just disgusting, but we'll get to the actual story, right? COVID misinformation spikes in wake of DeMar Hamlin's on-field collapse. So unless you've been living under a rock, you saw on Twitter it was trending and it still is, I believe, that this football player who was tackled in what people are saying was a very routine tackle, not something that, like, kills people or gives them heart attacks, um, caused him to have a heart attack. Now, (sighs) obviously, the COVID misinformation they're claiming is people are saying, like, oh, he was vaccinated, which... Not sure how that's misinformation in terms of like Pfizer has now come out and said they're investigating the link between myocarditis and the vaccines. And people were saying since the beginning that there was a link and it was denied and that was misinformation. So I don't trust any of the corporate press to report on this accurately. So the baseless tweets, they say, began to circulate within minutes of Buffalo Bill's safety safety is that like a that must be like a position in football i don't know um damar hamlin stunning collapse on the field during monday night football anti-vaxxers and right-wing provocateurs you see how they phrase it it's like first of all i'm sick of like you are not an anti-vaxxer if we're being skeptical or rejecting one vaccine out of like all of them right it's like to my knowledge i've received all my vaccines all the ones that have a long history of we know it's like i got my measles, my whatever, my whatever. It's like as a child, okay, I wouldn't not give my child like the standard list of vaccines. But it's like so all of a sudden you're skeptical of one vaccine and it means you're anti-vax. That's like saying like I didn't like Avatar 2 so I'm anti-movie. It's like I don't like chihuahuas so I'm anti-dog. It's like are you stupid? No, of course. They know what they're doing. These people, they thrive off like slurring people and labeling people when it's like you're not anti-vax for being skeptical of one vaccine. Um, I would even I would even jump to say like it's strange how quickly people leaped to taking a vaccine one week into being out and like not knowing how it would be. It's like, that's weird to me. I'm sorry, that's way weirder than waiting and seeing and even being skeptical of it. It's like, whatever. Um, and right-wing provocateurs. They can't just be right wingers, right? They can't just be Republicans, right? They can't just be like conservatives. They can't even be center right people. I know a lot of liberals that are skeptical of the vaccine. A lot's maybe a lot a big phrase, but some Okay. Um and I know actually several libs who were like, I got the first one, but like why do I have to get like sixteen hundred boosters? And wow, it's really strange how people are having all these heart problems. I get that the amount of gaslighting and the rush of information, and how every day it was something new during the COVID saga. Like, people, like, during the timeline of like lockdowns to the rush for the vaccine to the campaign to get everyone to take the vaccine, it's like there was a lot of information every day, all day. So people kind of forget that, like, people were so massively shamed into taking the vaccine. Like, it it, it rested upon transmission. It was like, it's not about you. It's about people around you. Now we know it didn't stop transmission. But it was misinformation to simply read the room, observe life, observe what's happening around you, and be like, oh, everyone I know that's gotten the vaccine is getting COVID and giving each other COVID. But if you said, oh, maybe it doesn't stop transmission – that was misinformation. People are taking notice of people having heart issues. People are taking notice of athletes dropping dead, clutching their heart. There are video compilations on Twitter. You can find like people are taking notice and having those conversations are not only necessary, but very, very important. I guess that's the same thing. Very necessary, very important. You get you you get you get what I'm saying. It's like, I don't like how The push for the vaccine was so embedded in every area of life. It's like you needed it to go to work. You needed it to travel. You needed it to celebrate the holidays. But when it comes to someone dying, suddenly everyone's like, it's very distasteful to question someone's vaccine status when they peel over and have a heart attack in their 20s. How is that distasteful? It's distasteful of you to keep pushing people to get this when they don't want it or they don't need it. That's the part that's crazy. It's like, what is it? Children have like a, first of all, the survival rate for COVID for everyone is high but then children it's like what like 99.99999% and every child is still mandated to get it to go to school like what what is going on um and so i tweeted shout out to my tweets i don't know what it is like i don't gain a lot of followers on twitter rapidly like some people but like my tweets just be going viral like i just wake up tweet some shit and it's just like oh my god um I tweeted, guys, it's inappropriate to question someone's vaccine status when they die. That information was only relevant for employment, travel, education, recreation, dining, access to medical care, celebrating holidays. And I could have added more like attending funerals, having your husband in the room to give birth, while you're giving birth. Like It's just like they really segregated society based on this vaccine and then when people are possibly i just lost a nail are you joking oh my god um and then when people are noticing issues with the vaccine suddenly it's like beyond the pale to talk about shut the fuck up like people are gonna talk about it every day i find some new confirmation as to why i'm glad i didn't take the vaccine first of all It would have never stopped transmission. I'm not around any elderly people. Even if it stopped transmission, I'm not around any elderly people or people of risk anyways. But the fact remains that it would have never anyway. So it was just about me. I'm 29, work out every day. I'm healthy. It's like it would have been literally like stupid for me to take it. And the sense of like, okay, what is the survival rate of COVID? Okay, what is the rate of complications from the vaccine? Are they comparable? If they're even comparable, I'm not doing it. What's the point of, of adding a risk of anything? And you know what's so crazy is like one of the red flags, I could go on about COVID all, all day every day and I will continue to because the, the insane, the mass formation psychosis, the insane amount of psyops, the, the gaslighting, it's like we have to make sure that never, ever, 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 ever happens again. And the fact that there's no national discussion on how to prevent the government from placing law-abiding citizens on house arrest again or telling people that they have to get a vaccine right when it comes out. It's like, how do we make sure that never happens again? And why is there no national discussion on it? Even from people on the right. This is why I'm so thankful for Ron DeSantis for actually going after the pharmaceutical companies. And you have Trump over here selling the vaccine. became Became a vaccine salesman. But we're supposed to believe that Ron DeSantis is the establishment choice. How? How? I voted for Trump twice. Right? But guess what? I never signed up for a Trump cult. I never signed up for an existence of everything this man does. I'm supposed to be like, oh my God, yes, 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 yeah. First of all, the swamp has not been drained. Never was. Second of all, you have Ron DeSantis who's going after the vaccine and you have Trump who's just selling it. And I'm supposed to, which is the more establishment position? Trump, which is everyone take the vaccine, get your boosters, or Ron DeSantis who's like, um, can we hold these pharmaceutical companies accountable for like literally anything ever? Which is more establishment? Answer it honestly. Whether you're in on board with Trump or not, just answer that question honestly. And then please explain to me how he's more establishment. People were pulling up a clip of him, of um, Ron DeSantis uh, praising the Bushes or something like praising George Bush like like a decade ago. And it's like, okay. and Trump gave money to the Clintons. Trump gave money to the Clintons. And you're mad at Ron DeSantis, who has been a Republican the entire time at one point in time saying he liked Bush wasn't every Republican at one point saying they liked Bush I just don't get it it's like and I also don't buy into the whole like this is infighting like this is guess what a certain amount of infighting needs to go down especially for choosing who we want to vote for to be our next president and I'm all in DeSantis I'm sorry it's to me it's a no-brainer also I have a slight um Bias in the game because I really like Christina Pasha and I want her to be the press secretary because she's just everything um, and she has tweeted like a lot of nice things about me. She's really cool. So to, to, again, to me, there's no comparison. Here's the thing: I do think a lot of right wingers get very tacky when every person who dies are like mm, the vax. It's like okay, people died before the vax. People are gonna die now. Celebrities are gonna die. People are gonna die under circumstances. It is not always the goddamn vax. However. There is something to question about young, healthy people. There are teenagers getting heart attacks. Young, healthy people peeling over from heart attacks. This is not normal. You're not going to gaslight me into thinking the heart attacks are normal for people in their 20s, 30s, or even 40s, even 50s. Like, these, this, this is not normal. Well, 50s maybe. It. It's really, really sad. I remember a time when, like, the left was – anti-big pharma does anyone miss like old school left and by old school i literally mean like 2012 <laughs> 2013 maybe even 2014 when it was like okay we're just gonna get gay marriage in and um at that point they were anti-big pharma and now it's like the opposite it's like the party that was once anti-big pharma is now like we got to give everyone puberty blockers and every vaccine and every booster and everyone has to be an antidepressants. why are antidepressants an aesthetic by the way and why is that so much more like there's just certain things that are unique to me in which I observe like the ways in which people are sort of separated so like for whatever reason like glorification of antidepressants and medication for like personality disorders and all that are so glorified on the left whereas on the right they have an equally toxic thing where they're like depression isn't real it's like okay calm down that's ignorant as well but it's like I always say that someday there's going to be some studies on this timeline in humanity where there is this, like, disgusting obsession with medicalization. How every kid needs to be medicated because he's not behaving in class. How if you're not up to your 16th booster right on time, you're getting shunned by people. It's like, I just, I can't. Funny story is, like, I was one of those kids that was medicated um, at a young age. Like, I remember, okay, so... I've talked about before on my channel how, like, I had a rough childhood, bitch. It's rougher than y'all even know, actually. I've given y'all, like, small snippets. Um And because I had a rough childhood and because I had, you know, family members that were abusive around me and because I was going through a lot and because I was bullied in school, I was not a happy kid. Rather than address why I wasn't happy, like, maybe help me out with the bullying problem, maybe not have a crazy household, not have drugs in the household, not have fighting in the household. My family, my mother in particular, took me to go get medicated. Took me to the doctor and was like, what's wrong with him? He won't smile. He won't talk to anyone. He's not happy. It's like, well, maybe I'm living in a chaotic household full of addicts and abusers. And maybe a kid, no kid would be happy in that circumstance. But I was instantly prescribed all these medications for OCD, ADHD, all this shit that I do not have as an adult. But as a kid who was exhibiting behavior that was atypical, suddenly I'm on all these medications. And what's so crazy is like, I feel like I was grown out the womb. Like I was never really a child. Okay, I'm being ridiculous that I was a child. However, I had a very grown mindset from a very early age in the sense of like, I saw through that BS even as a kid. I remember being like seven or eight years old. Actually, this was probably closer to like nine or 10 years old when I was getting all the diagnosis from ADHD, OCD. And I remember being like, wow, doctors are insane. Like I have been in this office for 10 minutes and I'm getting a prescription for ADHD. I remember being like, oh, wow, this is a whole thing, how like they're making money off putting me on these medications. I remember looking at my mom's willingness to put me on medication so quick rather than fixing the mental health issues I was having, maybe through improving my environment as a parent should Um, and being like, oh, this is like what a bad parent does. (laughs) not saying she was bad at all the time or overall 100% of the time she was very supportive in many ways and she did the best she could with her own trauma and her own issues I don't want to like dunk on my mom here however it's like I remember at an early age being like oh why are adults so stupid like this is insane um and it's crazy like I don't know I just feel like I was never a child I know that sounds weird (laughs) but I just feel like I just was in the know straight out the womb basically Tally um. <laughs> Tuppies and Crocs to sponsor a kids fashion show at RuPaul's Drag Con. More disgustingness. More disgusting corporate bandwagoning for the sexualization of children. All to just, what? I don't know. Like, be nice to gay people? Is that what? Is that the mindset? Like, okay, so here's the thing we are so separated by algorithms. That, like, I genuinely believe that when I see a lot of these libs defending drag shows, first of all, they believe that conservatives and people who are skeptical of, you know, drag shows being kid-friendly, they believe you're just attacking all of drag. That's what they go to first. Like, why are people attacking attacking drag? Like, George Sakai was tweeting, why are people going after drag? It's like, okay, if you have the nuance to believe in 600 genders, you have the nuance to understand that people are attacking drag for kids— specifically and not drag for adults. Not drags for your drunk basic Becky's who are at brunch watching drag queens getting their life and saying, Why is he prettier than me? That's what they say. Um that whole mindset's so annoying by the way. We talked about like the woke white lib women who are just like so obsessed with men and makeup. Like that it lowers all their defenses because the men in makeup don't look like their conservative dad that they've lived their entire life rebelling against. Like, I don't understand it. And this is why, like, I never like when woke white women or just live white women find out I'm trans or know me as a trans person because it's like instantly I'm just their gay best friends with them. And it's like, no, I don't want to go shopping with you, Sarah. Amber, I don't want to do your makeup. Kelly, I don't want to do your hair. I don't want to have sleepovers with you, Nancy. Like, I don't want to hang out with you at all, actually. Because um, I'm not a pet. I'm that bitch. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, but anyway, the, the the Crocs and Teletubbies. First of all, you should have never been wearing Crocs. So if any of you hoes are out there wearing Crocs and you're against um, drag shows for kids, now's your time to take the Crocs off. Burn them like you did Balenciaga. Although I feel like if you wear Crocs, you probably have didn't own Balenciaga, no shade. But I feel like those are two like very different tax bracket like purchasing purchasing options. Um, yeah, I I genuinely think like back to maybe I do have ADHD and going off back to the fact that we are so separated by algorithms I genuinely believe that a lot not all maybe not even most but a lot of the libs who defend the drag for kids stuff don't actually have anything come up on their timeline that actually looks nefarious so they don't see like that really one bad drag show with the root the um reindeers humping each other and the you know drag queens talking about sex on stage and the big yiddies it's like i genuinely believe they probably don't come across across those clips because we are so separated by algorithms and that's another reason why it's so toxic the big tech has such a hold over politics because it's like and the same goes for me by the way i know very well that i'm glued into a right-wing algorithm although much less so than like a lot of other right-wing influencers because it's like i consciously make an effort to listen to leftist viewpoints i actually do like most of the left most of the news i consume is from leftist sources because i'm able to kind of like sift through the bs and it helps to strengthen my own positions by the way um but i know there's probably a lot of stuff i don't see because of the algorithm separation and you know a lot of positions that lefties hold i might not understand because i literally don't see the evidence whereas for this i think it's the same thing um but I've been to DragCon, so this is what they're sponsoring. I've been to DragCon. Any dumbass who takes a kid to DragCon is just that—a dumbass. Like, I, DragCon is not kid-friendly. I don't care what anyone says. If even ten percent of the outfits are inappropriate, that's too much. Like, it's it's for sure an adult event. And if you disagree, it's like I don't I don't care. You're stupid. Uh, Jordan Peterson says, I will risk my license to escape social media re-education. So this is printing on Twitter right now. Elon Musk responded to Jordan Peterson about this. He basically is being sentenced to a social media re-education. I don't know how shit goes on in Canada. I know y'all are euthanizing poor people and marginalized people. I don't know what goes on in Canada. But basically, Jordan Peterson is at risk of losing his... Um, License. He's a psychologist. If he doesn't go in and re-educate himself and take classes um, at the Ontario College of Psychologists on how to be basically kinder on social media. And the claim is that he harms people with the social media posts. And they point to evidence about him retweeting certain people. And it's just like, wow. What does Jordan Peterson's political leanings, opinions have to do with his knowledge of psychology or his ability to teach it meanwhile you have every other professor i'm sure in the country doing the exact on the opposite end of the spectrum teaching people about maps and and trans this and pronoun that like canada is a mess like i'll say that like I know several people who are like, come to Canada. Did you know that Americans still cannot go to Canada if they're unvaccinated? Still, I cannot go to Canada, hun. If you're mad about it, be mad at Trudeau. I can't go to Canada. And you, know, you, know, you know what's crazy? If, just a crazy fact? I have never left the country. Isn't that wild? I'm 29. Am I 29 and a half yet? No i'm hanging on to the two i have one year left in my 20s um but it's crazy that i've never left the country because you know you just think that i would and i've definitely gotten you know a lot of invites throughout my career and stuff but it's like i I guess i'm just so goddamn american that i'm like where would i go but i definitely want to leave the country this year i got my passport recently because i was like i gotta go I i gotta i gotta go maybe i'll go to thailand back to my homeland go see the girls meet my people you know what i'm saying um or my dna results said that i'm from ghana so maybe i'll go to africa stay tuned for blair takes ghana and blair takes thailand coming this year uh but canada looking like i can't go to you because of how woke and crazy it is um shout out to jordan peterson who recently followed me um as he should because i've defended him before and it's like Really? Like your daughter follows me, you can't follow me? So thank you, Jordan Peterson. Um, Here is the evidence uh, that he is harming people with his words, and he has to go risk losing his license now. So he wrote, I retweeted a comment made by conservative leader Pierre, I can't pronounce that, about the unnecessary severity of COVID lockdowns. So disagree with COVID lockdowns? Can't be a psychologist in Canada. Criticizing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Having a criticism of the leader. Is this North Korea? Canada, are you trying to be North Korea? You can't be critical of the leader of the country or you can't be a psychologist. Are you? I criticize Justin Trudeau's former chief of staff, Gerald Butts. Same thing. I criticize an Ottawa city councilor. Same thing. So this is what it is. It's about power and submission. It's the fact that there's a huge figure in Canada who they can't get to submit and they're mad about it. Uh, Also says he made a joke about the prime minister of New Zealand. Do you see? Do you see? Why do I vote Republican? Why do I vote red? Because it's the opposite direction of this bullshit. It's because I don't care to get into the territory of, like, criticizing the president and suddenly I can't have a degree in something or I can't have a certain job or I can't be considered an expert in my field because I criticize the leader of my country. And if you think it's not that literal, it's like, no. Canada is always one or two steps ahead of America in terms of leftist ideology, leftist policies. Always a few years ahead. Most of what happens in Canada comes true in America in just a few years. So... If you're mad about people holding the line and trying to vote red and keep that out, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Not that Republicans are of much use. I feel very much politically homeless these days. Like, Republicans are literally, like, fucking useless. Anyways. Whiteness is going to have an end date. (laughs) says Rutgers professor of gender and African studies. A 2021 video of a critical race theory scholar claiming that white people are committed to being villains and warning that whiteness is going to have an end date has resurfaced on social media, sparking renewed outrage. Do you see why I peaced out of college? Like, first of all, my college went viral the college I went to recently for one of the professors talking about maps to the students, teaching people about maps, minor attracted people. Like, college is literally the opposite environment for anyone who's a free thinker. And I feel bad for people that have this sort of mentality. Like, how do you even fix your mouth to say whiteness has an end date? A certain group of people has an end date. Like, and it's so bizarre to witness the psychosis that people are under that they can hear that and not see it as nearly as bad as saying them about any other group of people. Not saying the treatment of every group of people has been equal, but if you're going to stand against one thing, you stand against it all. It's like the fact that you're allowed to say genocidal comments about a certain race of people and not another one is like, how about we just don't hate on people for their race? Like That seems like a, no, a no-brainer to me. I really do miss the period of time in which I'm not going to say racism was over but I definitely and if you're about my age group 30 um millennials if you're about my age group you know what I'm talking about it's like the 90s to like 2012 was like Society was not hyper-focused on race and it was all the better for it. It was like a golden age of like, yeah, there's still racism, but everyone's against it and but we're not going to make race the focus of everything. And I felt like it was better. I say the same thing all the time about trans issues. I'm like, when the it, when there wasn't so much hyper-focusing on trans stuff, trans people were much happier. The girls tell me that all the time, by the way. Whenever I hear from like um, a little bit of older trans women, for which, by the way, most trans celebrities have been in my DMs. Most trans influencers have been in my DMs. And what you hear about a lot of that from a lot of them is that like things were better when people weren't so knowledgeable about trans stuff. It's like now you have women, biological women, getting clocked in public bathrooms by people being like, "You're a man, get out." It's like wow, it's like rough out here. People are way too focused on what a trans person looks like, what a trans person does. It's like just stop talking about it. And I know I'm part of the problem, but if everyone else is talking about it, I need to be talking about it. You know what I mean? It's like I encourage everyone else to stop talking about it, and then I will. Um. But you know what I mean? There's just like less... Whenever like gender or race or sexuality becomes so hyper-focused, it just breeds more hate because people get resentful of it being shoved down their throats. So there was a time where people weren't knowledgeable about trans stuff. They were just like, oh, yeah. They had like a baseline knowledge of like some people do that. I don't necessarily get it. But it is what it is. And And now it's like, everyone has an opinion and everyone's in the nitty gritty and you have people who would have never otherwise even know what a trans person is suddenly getting into the like logistics of like too cutes and dysphoria it's just too in the weeds i just people need to like they're just zoomed in too close and it's just so annoying um anyways on to speaking of trans my favorite segment of the podcast and i believe it's you guys as well from what i hear reacting to woke tiktoks and this time we are focusing on i like to pick a theme for the woke tiktoks that we react to this one is uh dating preferences are transphobic which i've talked about before maybe it's my narcissism i just expect that like when i make videos they get like a ton of views as like one of the most followed trans people in the community that like certain issues would just die down after that like if I make a video that gets a million views about how it's not transphobic to not date a trans person, I would just assume that the issue would kind of die down a little bit. Like, not just get more, right? But that's the opposite. But we got to keep talking about it as long as these freaks are doing this. So this person, let's just, let's just watch. This person, Um, for the audio listeners, as always, these trans people that come on here ranting, not that long hair makes a woman, but you would think if you're trying to transition into a woman, you wouldn't have... A Justin Bieber haircut. Um, always come on screen with facial hair and short hair and no makeup. And it's just like, the girls are just different now. At my earliest stages of transition, I would have never come on camera with short hair in a beard. Like, I. Anyways, let's watch.
1: So if the only reason you don't want to date someone boils down to the fact that they're trans, that's transphobia right there. Let's go over a couple of situations. So if you don't want to date a trans woman because you want kids, well, you better be keeping that same attitude with cis women who are infertile, or that's transphobia.
0: Often they do. Like, I think not being able to have kids is a deal breaker in dating for a lot of people, actually. So I don't know what world you're living in. Clearly a little demented world of your own.
1: Um, But I think that is a deal breaker for a lot of people. Am I tripping? It's transphobia. If you don't want to date a trans woman because you're not attracted to trans women, I would absolutely love to know how you're able to identify correctly who is a trans woman on site 100% of the time because that is just impressive. I wish... How is that even the argument?
0: So... I'm trans and oftentimes I can't necessarily clock a trans man because a lot of them look very passable um but once I learn that they're trans my attraction does disappear that's not me trying to be a bad person that's not me trying to be like whatever it's just like yeah I'm not attracted to that to some people to a lot of people The trans part itself is what is unattractive in a romantic partner. Not unattractive as a friend, not unattractive to have someone in your family, not like hateful. It's just like for a community that has a reputation of being sex pests, why are we still talking about if you don't date me, you hate me? And and that's such a weird like incel, like virgin, never been laid, never been kissed. Never had interactions with the opposite sex. I bet money, first of all, that this person's attracted to women. It's probably, like, pressuring lesbians to have sex. Um, But it's just, like, for a community that has a reputation of being sex pests, which really sucks for those of us that aren't. Right? Like, if you're an actual trans woman, you're on medication that actually gives you no sex drive. Like, Actual trans women are not on camera talking about date me, you're transphobic, fuck me, you're transphobic. They don't even have sex drives. Um It's just I can't. These people drive me fucking nuts.
1: I wish I had that ability. I'd love to be able to have even more trans solidarity. And then also just being super straight is the all lives matter of sexualities. It's not a real sexuality. It literally is just something that's made up to make fun of trans people and to hate on trans people. So, yes, super straights, I don't respect you and I don't respect that sexuality. Bye.
0: So everyone has to respect your identity and your sexuality. But you're not willing to give that energy. Speaking of keep that same energy, like you said, keep that same energy respecting other people's sexuality. Like, the voice was so grating and the mouth-breathingness and the, Hey, guys, if you don't date me, your friends it back. Like, I can't. Like, if I was... I don't care if this sounds crazy. I don't care if this is controversial. People already hate me. If I wasn't trans and my only perception of trans people were people like this, I would be transphobic. Proudly, I'd be like, oh, that's what that is. I'm anti that as any rational person would be. Any rational person is looking at some person in a a camera talking about, okay, guys, date me. Though you're transphobic and be like, I'm anti that. That's creepy. That's bizarre. (sighs) Next, here is, um, again, a trans woman that it's not about looks and it's not about how far into your transition you are. However, I think, here's my message to the girls. Let's set up a rule that until you're like at least a few years into a medical transition and a social transition and people start actually calling you she when you go out in public, just keep your mouth shut. Because no one needs, if you're listening on audio, this is another just bowl cut, mustache, no female qualities whatsoever, running his mouth about how lesbians have to like penis. Let's listen.
2: Hi, I just don't want to attack you at all, but I think it may not be the best approach to give anyone a pass on the reduction of someone's body down to their genitalia. In this case, obviously the uh, dominant image of someone who is a lesbian uh, is someone who is not interacting uh, intimately with uh, phalluses in any context, but that is...
0: Look at the play on words this freak is doing. It's about phalluses now. And I already know the argument's going to be like, well, they use, you know, phalluses and like toys that are shaped like. Okay. The argument is that they don't like men and they don't like penises and they don't have to.
2: That is also not true. There are uh, artificial phalluses, there are silicone phalluses, there There are. Um, organic phalluses, all of these things are things that lesbians can interact with.
0: Yeah, because they like the feeling of penetration while not liking penises. That's that's it. I just I just cracked the code for you. I hope that makes sense to you. I'm sure it doesn't. Um I don't blame any lesbians who look at the trans community or at least segments of it and are like, wow, these are literally just dudes pressuring us to have sex with them. How can anyone, any lesbian, look at this person talking and not perceive this person as a dude pressuring women to have sex with them? It's any rational lesbian would do it, would look at it that way.
2: I also think that uh, trying to frame it in this way is not super helpful because again and again, I think it's important to establish that trans women are not asking for access to, uh, specifically, trans lesbians are not asking for access to cis lesbians bodies. That's not what we're doing. We're asking to be taken seriously in our identities, which is as
0: By saying that lesbians have to like penis if it's attached to a trans woman? I can't. This person is sitting up here with a mustache talking about take me seriously as a lesbian. It's just like, it gets to a point where it's like, what? I can't.
2: As a lesbian, and to be able to comfortably attend lesbian events, uh, all these sorts of things, which some events I have, and I've been comfortable, some events I have, and I have not. That's just kind of how it is. Um,
0: That's your bad. If I forced myself into a a bunch of events from people who were involved in nuclear fusion... And I had didn't have anything to do with nuclear fusion. I don't even know what that is. I would probably feel uncomfortable too. If you were really a lesbian, why would you feel uncomfortable? The problem is you. The problem is no one around you. No one's probably ever been brave enough to tell you this in your life. Women don't owe you anything. They don't owe you anything. They don't owe you sex. They don't owe you, viewing you as a woman. In fact, no one owes you that. No one owes you that.
2: I think it's important to note that while um, I know many lesbians who've had very bad experiences with phalluses because they didn't know they were lesbian or going down to like some sort of uh, sexual violence against them, which I'm very empathetic for. I also ask empathy from those without the experience of being a trans lesbian to think about how being a trans lesbian
0: you're not a trans lesbian sorry don't care don't care sitting up here giving (laughs) you look like josh peck like you're not you're not giving lesbian here's the circumstance in which i can look at a trans woman and be like this is like a trans lesbian if you have had full bottom surgery and you are in a relationship with a woman i have no problem being like i guess they're lesbians (laughs) But like, I'm sorry, if you, if one person has a, a penis in the, in the situation and the person has a vagina, that's not a lesbian situation. Sorry, I don't care. Like, no wonder lesbians are always talking about this. It's just, it's just frustrating for them.
2: Not dating trans people is not a preference. Not dating blondes is a preference. Not dating people who are, I don't know, shorter than five, six is a preference. Not dating people with brown eyes is a preference. Being trans is not a specific characteristic.
0: Excuse me? Being trans is not a specific characteristic. Then what is it? But then again, to these people, it's just some abstract concept that means nothing and everything at the same time. So that makes sense that you wouldn't think it's a specific characteristic, but it very much is. It's very much a distinct part of who, of what someone is, who they are, the role they play in society, their appearance, their fertility. All of it. And, and Amber, I can tell this person isn't trans. This is just a Sarah coming up, taking up a trans people. Uh, if no trans person has said this, I'll say it. No, thank you. We don't need you... We don't need you, Gretchen. Don't need you to speak for us. Don't need you to speak for me. Making things worse. Thus,
2: you can't label it as a preference. That's just called bigotry. No one's forcing you to date trans people, but don't cover up your discriminatory
0: bias in the name of preference. Because the logic doesn't. Everyone discriminates when they date. That's what dating is. But then again, these people typically be like poly pansexual this by the like maybe the disconnect here is that these people will fuck anyone and anything that comes their way because they can't really get anything. So they'll take anything. So they just assume anyone else will take anything too. Most people, if you wake up and brush your teeth and have a job and wash your ass, have at least a decent pick of who they would like to date, have a few parameters, you know, have a few conditions. Doesn't mean they're picky, but have a few things on their list of like has to be this. And for most people, a penis or a vagina is on that list. I always say not wanting to not date trans people is not transphobic. In my case, it just means you have bad taste because who the fuck wouldn't want to date me? But, you know, it is what it is. Um, (laughs) Carly, please don't speak for us anymore. We don't need you. Go home. Talk about what you want to talk about, like Bath and Body Works, the recent Starbucks cup you bought. Speaking of, isn't this one cute? I'm officially unleashing my uh, basic. I'm holding up a pink Starbucks cup.
1: Next. All right, I will assume that you asked this question in the way that you really want to Oh, my God. So, I will explain all the ways that it is okay. Let's say that you're attracted to women. Well, if you're attracted to women, then you're attracted to cis women, trans women without bottom surgery, and trans women with bottom surgery. If you're attracted to um, VJ, then you could be attracted to a cis woman, a trans man without bottom surgery, a trans woman with bottom surgery, or a non-binary person, which, depending on their...
0: I'm not even following. This person is just like literally a freak. If you have to convince people to be attracted to a certain thing, there's an issue. And it's weird. Like, and people don't talk about this, but it's like, I don't know. If anyone was in my face trying to convince me, well, Blair... If you're attracted to men, that must mean you're also attracted to little people who are men. What if I don't want to date a little person? Not that I have anything against them. My best friend's a little person. But it's like, no. Being attracted to women doesn't mean you're attracted to all kinds of women, even if you include trans women in that. And I'm sorry, I don't think the fact that you're trans is the reason you can't get a date look at you. For audio listeners, it's like I've never seen someone look more ghostly. Like, is this person actually alive or am I hallucinating? And I'm sorry if I'm being mean, but I feel like pressuring people to have sex or date people is a lot meaner. I feel like that's a lot meaner than being like, why do you look like a ghost? It's giving evil ghosts. It's giving demon. It's not giving Casper the friendly ghost. Moving on, because I really can't take these people. I'm just over it. Stanford releases guide against harmful language, including the word American. Can we talk about the faction of the country who finds it honorable, cool, smart, trendy to hate being American if you're an American? Like, where else do you want to go then? Do you want to live in the Middle East? Do you want to live in China? Like, feel free to go, but I'm betting you won't. This is just so cringy. And again, shows the problem with universities. It's like these are supposed to be the intellectuals that are moving America forward and they're like actually using the word American as harmful language. And I've always said it's very disturbing that we've gotten to the point where if you see an American flag in someone's bio, people call them racist. It's like, wow. Like, I don't know. I'm over it, y'all that is it for this episode. I love you guys so much. Please, please, please rate this episode or this show, the Blair White Project, (laughs) that we are currently on, on Spotify because it helps me out so, so, so much. We have so many ratings on Spotify and um, I'm very appreciative, but we can get it even higher. So please go do that. It takes only two seconds and I love you forever. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Follow my main channel. Subscribe to this channel and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye guys.